You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And Scott. How we doing, you fans? So since football season ended, you know, we've been doing one episode every other week. And with the high demand um, from our listeners out there, you know, we're going to be doing it every week now. And that's a big thanks to our sponsor, Doubletree Suites by Hilton in Salt Lake City downtown. You know, fellas, Valentine's is just around the corner. They got two packages going on. They have a Valentine's package. You can get champagne or sparkling cider. And a gift basket to kind of, you know, help that romance for you that night. And they also have another package that includes that, plus a morning after breakfast for two at Stevens American Bistro. So go ahead and and book it now at doubletree.hilton.com or give them a call, 801-359-7800. It's Doubletree Suites by Hilton, Salt Lake City, downtown. I think before we get started, we need to say a big congratulations to the winner of the weekend getaway. Uh, yeah, we had Christine Child. She won the free night stay. And so, you know, keep listening to other episodes. We'll have more giveaways, more free nights, uh, more gift certificates uh, to the restaurant and bar there. And, you know, we're still planning on doing some sort of watch party um, down in their bar area either for a Pac-12 tournament game or an NCAA tournament game. Uh, we'll have food and appetizers and and whatnot. Um, congratulations to Christine Child for winning that room. So there is a little bit of breaking news that is uh, taking place today in regards to the football team. Delshawn McClellan, a wide receiver, senior, going to be a senior wide receiver, is, is going to be transferring out of the program. Not a big surprise. Delshawn has the uh, he he hasn't necessarily locked down uh, much playing time uh, in his uh, previous three years. So um, this definitely opens the door, not only a scholarship, but it also opens uh, a little bit more uh, playing time and opportunities for others within the program. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this shakes out. But probably a good move for him. He can go play elsewhere and get some time his senior year and uh um and you know i don't think he was necessarily going to see much of the field this year anyways and i think the the positive side of this you know what you mentioned you know opening up scholarship maybe open up um some time for other players uh he he is leaving on good terms you know he did say uh you've been good to me utah met some real people and created great memories over the past four years um, so it it doesn't sound like, you know, he was being pushed out or forced out. Um, he's kind of, it looks like he's leaving on his own terms uh, and, and nothing but the best for him. You know, it, it's too bad, you know, things didn't work out the the way I think all fans wanted to with that speed that he had. You know, he's the fastest player on the team, um, but it just wasn't really producing on the field as far as catches and, and touchdowns. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up, uh, what uh, what school he goes to. But yeah, wish him wish him nothing but the best, and hope he hope he has a successful senior year, and, and uh, we'll see we'll see what transpires with the wide receiver position moving forward. 
So with football, you know, they did announce today um, some dates. You know, go ahead and mark it on your calendars. March 22nd, uh, spring camp is going to start. March 24th is Pro Day. And then April 23rd is going to be the Red and White game at noon at Rice Cycle Stadium. Um, so that kind of kind of rounds out the news, what's, what's going on uh, with the University of Utah basketball. The team goes out to Oregon riding a five-game winning streak, being one of the hottest teams in the conference, and they come away 0-2 on the road. That was extremely disappointing. That I, I figured they'd lose to Oregon because they're such a tough team and it's a tough place to play, and they needed that Oregon State game. And to lose the way they did with just a complete mental meltdown the last six or seven minutes of the game, that was just hard to watch. Well, the thing that's frustrating is that Oregon State game, I don't think anybody in their right mind really thought we would go and beat Oregon, you know? So that that, that made Oregon State such a crucial, such an important game because you, 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 you cannot afford on this road trip to really be swept. And and have any type of chance to uh, to win uh, win the conference or you know potentially even finish in the top two. Um, that Oregon State was a must win, and they had it. They had it down the stretch. They had it in two point two seconds left, and just uh, I mean, there's no way to. I love Brandon Taylor. That guy means a lot to this program. He's done so much, but I don't know what's going on with him. He's just He's not right. He really hasn't been this entire year. Um, and that's just that's just a mistake freshmen shouldn't even really make. And it's just it's just a killer. I mean, mentally for the team, the game is won. My my favorite description of what happened those last five, seven minutes of that game, Larry said it looked like we were point shaving out there. I mean that's how bad they were. It looks like we were intentionally trying to lose that game. Bad mistakes. You know, we're trying to run out the clock like we do in football. And we're waiting for the shot clock to wind down. And we're just throwing up bad shots. We're being careless with the with the ball. Just, yeah, just uh, very disappointing. And I think they were just waiting for Oregon State to kind of roll over and die in those last five minutes. You know, because... Like what you were saying, they 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 weren't playing with that urgency, with really putting you know the foot on the throat there. And I mean, I know Twitter had a meltdown with Brandon Taylor, and people can be upset with it. I mean, it's a bonehead play, but if you look at it, yeah, it was like those last five seven minutes was just not good Utah basketball, and it it, it it sucks that it had to come down to a bonehead play at the buzzer. But really, that seven minutes, the team just went missing. No, it was bad. It was really bad. And, you know, this team, if if we want to do anything, make a run in the Pac-12 tournament, if we want to make a run in the NCAA tournament, we've got to, I mean, consistency, we've got to figure out. But we've got to have a killer instinct. We've shown it at times this year, but we, we just get so content on, oh, okay, we've got a lead. And now we're just going to melt it. I mean, the reason we've gotten these leads is we've been aggressive, we've been executing, we've been playing well, we've been pushing it, 
And then we get this lead and we just kind of forget everything that we did to get that lead. And we just kind of fall back into this protective mode when, you know, bad things happen. You see it in any any sport. When you let up a little bit, it gives the other uh, other team an opportunity to gain some momentum. And it very rarely works out in your favor uh, to be able to continue to pursue anything. So, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is at this point. But um, they got to learn it. They they got to develop it because we've got a we've got a top ten player um, in Purtle that uh, we just can't waste away. We got to do something. We got to finish this year outright. Well, you you bring up Purtle and that's. That was the biggest frustration for me watching those last few minutes of the game. We built that 10-point lead with, uh, I don't know, six or seven minutes to go, and it was built because of, the, of utilizing Pirtle. He, he posted up, got good shots. Uh, even if he didn't take the shot, it opened up shots for other guys, and he did not touch the ball in the last five minutes. Inconsistency. Ryan, that's a good point you're bringing up about, you know, moving away from Pirtle because, you know, that's what happened when we lost to the California schools. We weren't using Pirtle. In the end of the Oregon State game, we went away from him. In the Oregon game, I mean, the Oregon game to me was kind of weird because we shot better than the Ducks. We, I think we played well enough to win. Pirtle only had five attempts, but we lose by 10 and I think it really comes down to our our defense and not using our strengths on offense. Well, to me there were two two factors in, in the Oregon game. One being that Pirtle, Leverage and Kuzma were all in foul trouble in the first half and that's where we started falling behind. We were I guess we were only down 6 at halftime but we were it was going back and forth with some lead changes there for a little bit in the first half until the foul trouble. And then in the second half, uh, Brooks just went off. Well, and I mean, you got to give Oregon credit. They're, they're the best team in the conference, and they are the most athletic team from top to bottom in the conference. And they gave us fits. They, they're, they're giving every team in this conference fits. We're most successful when Bonham can penetrate break down the defense and create either get all the way to the hoop, lay it in, or create an easy layup, an easy dunk, or an open three-pointer for somebody else. And he couldn't he couldn't do that against Oregon. He could not get into the lane and get to positions where he could break them down because they were defending him extremely well. And same with Pearl. I mean, their their big men are not your traditional Big men. They're, they're just very quick, very athletic. And, uh, um, I mean, five, five attempts for Pirtle, um, that's part of it. They, they played him well. They're tough. They're, they're a tough team year in and year out. We, we continually struggle with them, but their athleticism really gave us fits in that game. And Scott, you bring up Bonham. You know, he got benched for Gay Beeler for that game. Yeah. Uh, and Coach Slo- part, of, part of that is because of his defense. Yeah, and, well, and Coach Slocum came good. out after the game and he said, you know, we had to get him out because his defense just wasn't there. And if you want to play, if you want to be on the court, you need to play defense. I, I was kind of surprised that Beeler got so much time, but in the time that he got, he actually 
showed some energy and scored some points. I actually liked it. Yeah, I Gabe's a pretty good player, and I'm I'm quite surprised, especially with um, with Osby having really not played at all this season, looking like he's probably not going to play this season. The Beeler hasn't gotten more of an opportunity. I know, I know, you know. Obviously, lineups and things are that's not the only reason for that, but. Um, it is. Uh, I would be. I would like to see what he can bring to the table down the stretch. He's got. He's got good offensive game. We'll have to see how well he can defend consistently. Um, he's fairly athletic. I'd, I'd like to see him get a shot. Our biggest thing is, you know, we we still kind of go into these scoring droughts, and those droughts really make it tough on us. You know, we really just need anybody that can put the ball in the ocean. We need to <laughs> give them an opportunity. Well, and hopefully, you know, Utah finishes up the season with five of their next seven at home, and hopefully they can kind of build up, you know, that consistency, you know, playing in front of their home crowd, playing in the Huntsman Center to really get them ready for postseason play. You know, talking about postseason play, uh, the latest brackets right now, ESPN has them as a seven seed, CBS Sports as a five seed. Do you guys five, agree with five that? Five is uh, a little, little generous to me, but I'll take it. But I'm not sure. Uh, maybe not sure I, maybe they were too busy years. with the Super Bowl, so they didn't catch the Oregon game. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, we're definitely in. We've got we've got plenty of quality wins. Um, every one of our losses is to RPI top fifty teams. Um, our resume really is quite quite good. Um, so we're going to be in unless we just absolutely tank. Um, but like you said, we've got five of the next seven at home. We really have a chance to get on another winning streak here and, and finish hot going into the Pac-12 tournament. So, I mean, we've got the ability. It just it just seems to me Larry just continually is having to play games and, and, and just approach the team different week to week. And I'm not sure why. I, that's what I can't understand. I listen to Larry's press conferences. And it seems like every week he's going at the team from a different angle, and he's he's looking in hindsight that didn't work, and we're gonna try that. And I think as frustrated as we kind of as fans are, to an extent, it almost seems like maybe that's what the coaching staff's going through. They're trying to put their hands on things and trying to figure out why we're inconsistent, why we're making these mistakes that uh, that we are. And uh, whether it's motivation, whether it's, uh, you know, a practice uh, um, regimen, I'm not sure. But uh, it seems like they're really trying to find that formula to, to bring some consistency to the team. Which kind of surprises me because off of last year's team, we only lost two guys, Pashinsky and Delon Wright. And, and I don't, you know, I don't want to diminish either of their roles because, I mean, Looking at it now, it almost looks like the two of them were the glue that held the team together, possibly. And and this year, they just can't seem to put their finger on what they need to do to 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 win. And like, maybe it, and maybe it's that I leadership mean, that they're missing. I, I mean, Delon Delon was Mister Consistent last year. He showed up every game. He played well. He played well defensively. 
and he played well and ran the team. And I think that's why, to an extent, we're seeing a little bit of inconsistency missing him, especially uh, running the team, getting the team in the proper sets, and uh, and uh, and really organizing five guys on the on the court. But then you see, then you look at Bashinsky. I mean, he was just a aggressive, motivating, high energy guy. We don't have that on this team, and I mean. You know, those two guys, but those those two were pretty important. Um, I think we're seeing that now. And I mean, Larry, a few weeks back, basically mentioned how David Collette uh, has most fire of anybody on this team, and he's not even eligible to play this year. So, what does that tell you? So, we're we're missing some of that, some of those items. But at the end of the day, the talent is still there. I think the biggest thought, yeah, you know, we've, we've got to take care of business at home. We've been, we can get a home. Hopefully, hopefully we get some good crowds and some support this team. And like we said, some struggles, some up and downs, but this team can be really fun to watch. And it can be, they ha- it seemed like they had turned a corner. And, and quite frankly, I think if we win at Oregon State and lose at Oregon, people are still very optimistic and very happy because nobody expected to beat Oregon. But that Oregon State loss just kind of seemed to turn everything on its side, and hopefully we can get that corrected and, and get moving again here. Yeah, I and mean, if, they, if they come into this week's games with the right attitude and the right mindset, uh, just forget about the last week. They they should get these two wins against Washington and Washington State. Yeah, yeah, we beat what we you know we swept them at their place, so we should be able to handle business uh, here at home and. And, uh, and give a W. So uh, it's a, it's a must at this point in the season. And we are recording this, you know, Tuesday night, so the the night before the Washington game. Um, so yeah, I totally agree with you guys. I I think you know, hopefully with these two games at home, we can start getting that mojo back, getting this team ready for some tournament play coming up soon. So don't forget Valentine's Day is just around the corner. Double Tree Sweets. Salt Lake City downtown, 801-359-7800. Scott, where can people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Uteman underscore forever. And Ryan? At Drum and Feather. That's Drum, the letter N, Feather. And you can catch me and this podcast on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast, you know, as well as Facebook and Instagram. And you can always download us on iTunes and Stitcher and pretty much anywhere else that you can find podcasts. So let's hope we get a W against Washington and Washington State this week. And go Utes! Go Utes! Go Utes! Kayai! The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.